All right, everybody. Our first guest is a comedian filmmaker from Toronto, Canada, and currently living right here in New York. He's the creator, star, and showrunner of the hit digital series Toronto Topia on CBC Comedy and has been seen on Netflix, NBC, MTV, Fuse TV, and The Score, to name a few. But now he's here with us, right here. On first Shut Up, Shut guest, Up, I didn't Santa. realize. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The first guest of of this episode. But yeah, uh, this is. Yeah, oh, yeah. you have multiple guests every episode. Yes. Yeah. But you like, uh, you like making your life hard. <laughs> no, nah, this is awesome having having you on the show. This is Ryan Long, uh, hilarious guy, man. First of all, I, I just want to say that I'm I'm loving everything you've been doing on uh, YouTube on on these sketches lately. Um, you're really kind of nailing it. They're, they're all hilarious, and uh, you, I mean. How long have you been doing these? Like since the the uh, quarantine or like? Well, I've been doing like I've been making videos my whole life, right? So I was I was into that stuff, and I had a couple TV shows in Canada and some series like that, and so I've been making videos my entire life. But when I moved to New York, I said I wasn't going to take any jobs or anything like that, and I was just going to start building my own thing. So I started doing a video a week, and I was honestly just releasing a lot of man on the street stuff. And then when COVID happened, I was like, all right, I'm gonna do like a real video like every week. You see, a lot of freelance videographers will sell their footage to either CNN or Fox News. But when you do that, you only get to sell half of what you actually film happening at these events. You might be able to sell your peaceful protest footage to CNN, but then you're stuck with all this footage of looters rioting, which is why I've developed a technique that allows me to sell to both. They call me the chief because I use every part of the buffalo. Well, Fox News calls me the chief. CNN got offended that a white person used the word buffalo. So that was when I started. They were they were a little more few and far between. But then I was like, every Monday started when COVID happened. Yeah. Yeah. So when you put down when you put that stamp on there that every Monday new content every Monday that that puts the pressure on, huh? No, you know what it does. It, I I can see how it would, but it's like the, I've been doing this for so long. This isn't wasn't that hard. It's more like it helped the other way where people actually it's you know, your video can go viral every because my fan base or whatever actually tunes in. So you get that initial bump. Like if they know it comes out at the certain time, which I didn't realize how kind of important that was. Cause even places that I worked, there was never really like a release schedule like that, but it's made such a huge difference with that stuff. When me and Brad first met, I didn't think we'd get along, but turns out we kind of agree on everything. Your, your racial, racial identity, identity is the most important thing. thing. Everything, everything should be looked at through the lens of race. Jinx, you owe me a Coke. Damn. We both have a lot of opinions about people of color, even though we barely know any. I say colored people, but as long as we're classifying them, we both think minorities are a united group who think the same and act the same. And vote the same. You don't want to lose your black card. Sorry, I don't know. I just think we should roll, roll back, back discrimination laws so we can hire based on race again. Jinx, now you owe me a Coke. There was a bit when this video went viral, I was like so busy for the next two days dealing with stuff that there was like in the back of my mind, I was like, fuck, like, I don't know if I'm gonna top that. But then when I actually <laughs> sat down and write, I was like, oh, right, I have like 15 more like ideas. It's like the same thing over. I can do that a million <laughs> more times. I'm just getting a bit of the vibe that you're not taking this that seriously. Do you have a badge or something? Just give me one name and I'll move on. You're, you're actually talking to me, which is bothering me. You know, this, this, this doesn't have to be tumultuous, this conversation here. Sir? This could be over as quick as you'd like it to be. So I'm going to write that down as a non-compliant. <laughs> in these times now, they've been kind of like a comedy goldmine for you. Uh, you. You managed to find the funny through these kind of tragic times. You've 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 managed to find a way to spin it and make um, and make these moments funny. How, how does that? How I think do you... one of part is that I think there's um, there's like a couple of components. I guess one is that like. Um, 
I started like my stand-up style was always kind of like saying things that you're not supposed to say in like a certain way. Very complicated to be alive. All the opinions you need to pretend to have right now. <laughs> Even doctors don't want to say fat. That'd be like, listen, if you could be 30% less brave, um, that'd be great. <laughs> if we get your levels of you go girl, <laughs> to just you go girl, you know. So I think it's that like a lot of people making stuff. They're they're like, oh, this is how you. I'll make my comedy whatever, but the message has to be like within these thin lines. And I've kind of always been like, fuck that, like color outside lines. And especially when I moved here and started doing my own thing, I'm like, I don't have a job they can fire me from. So I just kind of like, I'm, <laughs> I'm just making what, you know, I'm just making whatever the fuck I want. If I do get married, I want my wife to be Muslim just because there's a lot of good shit in there about obeying your husband. <laughs> and she'll be like, I don't want to do the dishes. I'm like, Allah, she's not doing it. Allah, we had a deal. Talk to her, put your, put your burka apron on, thank you. There's a lot of people, I mean, I don't consider myself like by any means like one of the top thinkers in this area, but you, I don't know if you ever heard that those theories where it's like you kind of create your own category and be the best at it. Cause I'm right. probably not the fucking smartest like intellectual on this topics and I'm maybe not the best guy making videos. But if you make like, if you take how funny I am, worth how good I am at videos versus how much I know that stuff and you put those combined. I might be the best at the combination of those three things. While both female and male Karens enjoy having people fired, female Karens have them fired for bad service, while male Karens have them fired for offensive tweets. Both Karens enjoy policing lyrical content, but while Karens police the content of rap, male Karens are much more interested in policing the content of comedy. Most of us, I would say, who knows what percentage, maybe 70% of people are in, are normal in the middle, whether they lean one way or the other, but they're generally in the middle. I think that's I who you're speaking to a lot. These extremes are not, they're not going to get the joke. I don't think, I think it'll go over their head. Yeah. And the, I always, and again, I'm not trying to like change opinions. I'm more trying to like make good things, but a part of making good things, I think a lot of times is like pointing out where the, where the problems and the power lies. Right. Because everyone thinks they're, like, speaking truth to power, but they're, like, a lot of times not. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, like, someone will be, like, a comedian talking about, like, how Trump's bad, and they're, like, you know, sticking it to the man. And you're, like, your ideology is, like, pretty much the man, especially in your world. So there's no, like, risk-taking involved in that whatsoever. Exactly. There's no edge to that, to no, there's jumping not, on. It's not one of the, yeah, there's not one of those things where, you know, a lot of people, that's why, I mean, people that, like, that do the kind of stuff I do, I, I get so much message of people being, like, dude, I've been fucking trying to think, say that forever. And like, you kind of like, I've been like, you know, they've been clunkily arguing with people at parties and leaving and people thinking they're racist. And <laughs> whatever. Cause these issues are so hard to talk about. Right. You know, you, you, you might think like, you know, there's something weird about like this, the fact that like BLM's like 90% of their thing is about trans people or something, but you want to fucking go to your workplace and have a beef with BL. Like there's no way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, so, so, you know, and I'm not, I didn't even make a video about that. It's just like use an example of like a, a, such a hot button issue that unless you really nail it, you're going to seem like a insane person. Right. So it's like a lot of people just are afraid to say anything because these, you're not allowed to have these conversations in any sort of like meaningful way without seeming like a psychopath. If you get one wrong thing, exactly. Just living in fear. <laughs> and that's what's great about what you're doing, both your stand up and and these sketches and your man on the street stuff, all all of that. You you really are kind of uh, holding people accountable to 
their hypocrisy like basically use coronavirus as a way to usher in some of the things we've been trying to do for years i just think we should ban them from public parks the art in what i do is making citizens think their removal of freedoms is somehow their idea sort of like putting a gps on your girlfriend's phone for her safety <laughs> dude it's brilliant and and that's what's excellent too is is that you're able to to uh to do this to touch on these touchy subjects that are, are somewhat taboo, like you said, to lean to certain sides or say it out loud, but you're doing it in such a way that that I, I think no one's gonna get mad at you, you know, but you know what well, I'm saying? Well, they get mad, <laughs> but they don't get mad. I mean, it's like when people come to the comedy club in bad faith, like, you know what I mean? They're there and it's, you know, I, I said this, I tweeted this, but 90% of the people who got fucking mad at that video work in entertainment or the media because it sort of threatens their livelihood. Like if you're, you know, part of that machine and you're, you know, essentially a, a bishop in that church of fucking whatever woke shit. Right. And then <laughs> someone comes up and we're like, hey, we're partying at the bar down the street and everyone's leaving. And you're like, no, but if everyone leaves, like my bishop position is not going to be worth anything. So I think it threatens like everything. That they, so I, I get why they're mad about it, but I don't think they're mad at the thing as much as they're mad about the, you know, their positioning that it threatens. About interracial dating. All I said is that black men who date white women have internalized racism and white men that date ethnic women are fetishizing them. Guys against interracial dating now. Like, am I being pranked? Did you go to, the, did you see any of the protests? Like, did you go to any of that stuff? Did I go physically go to that? Yeah. No, I, no, I, I kind of stayed away. When you're a lot in New of Jersey was, right now, right? Uh, uh, well, I'm in, I'm on Long Island, but. Long uh, Island, okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm all the way out, out east. I'm. I'm like in the Hamptons Sorry. area. I only moved here like nine months ago, so I still don't know, like no. And six of them was locked in my house, so I don't know things that well. But but there was when you go to the protest. I remember watching both things, and I'm seeing it all my timeline. And I was seeing, you know, I went to one protest. There was all like black dudes like breaking you know windows and stuff like that then i went to one protest that was all like hippie white dudes doing shit and, sh and you go but you don't hear one side and i go i was there and i saw both of those things happen like because everyone would argue it's actually this it's actually this i go it's both you friggin' morons both of those things are happening <laughs> where are you in new wild. york are you like right I'm in, in uh, yeah i'm in manhattan i'm in the east village right now i'm in the oh. mixed and again i'm i'm like when i this is one of the issues that like i thought that we could have been on the same page about everyone because you know, it was like there's a legitimate police reform. Then, like, there's legitimate problems with the unions. There's so much stuff with the, uh, with the the both like people from all walks of life should be able to like agree on some things as like human beings. But it got politicized so quick, and just like anything else, they made the movement about fucking getting people fired for tweets and you know cartoon characters and all this nonsense. And then by the end of it, everyone's like, all right, well then, fuck you. You know what I mean? Much like Bitcoin, cancel capital can be mined by having people fired, publicly shamed, and deplatformed. And that cancel capital can now be used as a force field to prevent people from finding out what a piece of garbage you are. Cancel capital can be used if you dated someone in the workplace before it was illegal. Or maybe you had the wrong political opinions before you were awarded the right ones. Maybe in the past you've done edgy comedy to get famous. So in order to erase that, you want to shut the door behind you for future generations while still keeping the money and fame. Uh, do you have any fears ever of um, the cancel culture uh, mob or are you just n not... Yeah, Just I not do. Worried about it. Yeah, I I do. I mean, there's like, uh, you know, I've I've got I, I've been doing this for a while, so I've gone through different phases where I was really worried about it. Then I wasn't. I mean, it never really like affected what I was gonna do, but it really did. Like, here's the things that it, it it's made me change. For example. I've just I've really changed my life to build something that can't be taken away from me. So now I've I've focused on my podcast, my Patreon, as opposed to 
for example, writing on TV shows or even like, like, for example, like recently they asked me to submit package to SNL. And I was like, I don't want, I'm just not going to do that because so I'm, I'm sort of staying away from those jobs right now that they could take away from me and a lot of things like that. And then I've even gone like kind of neurotic back in the day to the point where like writing up my life plan, like if they, if I, if they all gets taken away from me to try to like play that out, like, okay, if everything gets taken away and there's no way I could do stand up again, because something that was like, they really come at you. I'm like, what would I do? Like, what if they, I don't know what, what it would be. Like, I don't even, I don't even know, but I've been doing like edgy comedy and making aggressive stuff for a long time. So I've, I have gone through phases where that, but now, I don't think it affects me on, it don't, doesn't affect what I make. Like I don't make my stuff, but it affects me on like how I design my life. I mean, yeah, it's not that hard. The government should close every business, weld every door shut, then give every citizen $20,000 a month. I mean, I'd like to see the government give us a bedtime. Yeah, I, I could see being concerned, you know, to, to a degree, because you, you see whoever would have thought that they could, somebody could literally take stand up away. But then you look at like Louis C. Cave as an example, that's he can't, true, yeah. He can't really perform it without it being a, a thing. Without it being a whole hoopla, yeah. Yeah, man. But to me, stand-up is always there. Like, I I think, you know, if you, you got the the soul of a stand-up comedian, you can go up on stage and, and do it. There'll always be an opportunity. But, but like you said, it is weird times with this cancel culture stuff, and it's ridiculous, and, and they're eating their own... The left is eating the left now. One of the reasons they're eating their own, too, is because, I mean, perfect example is like what I'm just saying about me, but I can name a 50 of them. But like, you know, I used to be in Canada. I was in the industry structure a little bit, but like they kind of are like, uh, you know, you did this something wrong. We want to take your job away. And you're like, what jobs? Like, you've been pretty adamant over the fat past four years that people like us won't have those. Right. So it's like, <laughs> you know, like there's no scenario where if this was 10 years ago, Andrew Schultz wouldn't be like have a Netflix show. Like this right. is the biggest comedian in the world, potentially. You know what I mean? You got to be considerate for the people behind you for the show, dude. You wore your tallest turban. Damn, bro. Do they got different heights? Is today like a really religious day that you got the, are you like the King Punjab? Yeah. And he's just, he's not in that mix. So it's like, you they want to take stuff away, but like people aren't in your system anymore. So you're not their boss. It's like, how do you fire someone that you're not their boss? So it's an interesting time for that. That's why they have to cancel their own because everyone that's making good stuff right now and the counterculture people like aren't in their system. Right, you know, and right, they're doing yeah. better. Like these people are making a lot of money. And I, I mean, I'm doing well right now even, and I'm not like, you know, some big star. So it's kind of like when I get offered these jobs and stuff like that, like you would have to offer me a lot of money to like step away from my life. Like it would have to be a pretty substantial offer for me to like step away from what I'm doing right now and just take off a year and make a show on a network that who knows how much you're going to push it. Who knows if you're going to take it away at any moment, who knows if, uh, you know, it's going to do well, like to, to take a lottery ticket essentially when I'm have something right now that I like doing that's working. So it's a fucking interesting time, dude. And dude, like you said, for, for you to, to uh, basically, Turn down. You didn't turn down SNL, but you turned down sending your stuff into SNL. Yeah, but yeah, but there's been lots of stuff like that. Yeah, Yeah. there's been lots of stuff like that. You know what I mean? It's like there's there's I have a a bunch of I mean even like 
on a smaller scale to say that how much you don't need people. I'm like, so th that last video I did that did like whatever, 10 million views or whatever, the amount of people that messaged me being like, hey dude, like, um, you know, I run this production company. Like, I'd like to invest in you. Like, we'd like to talk to you. And I'm like, invest in what? My fucking SpongeBob costume? Like, I'm a freaking cartoon character. Why is my sexual preference even a topic, let alone a national conversation? I'm like, what are we investing in? Like, I don't know. I'm just making videos and podcasts on the internet and it's like working. And then I go do stand up. Like, so what do you give me money and I make bigger videos and no one can like for what? I don't know. What are we investing in? Yeah, yeah. So I, it's, it's like you kind of don't eat people. But I mean, I would like to make a television show. And that's one of the problems with this thing. Because I, I used to argue this with comics and podcasters when they would sort of uh, take a little bit what I'm saying now. But I, I maybe have kind of said a bit of both sides of that argument. But like when they would say like, you know, they can't take it. They can't take your podcast away from you, like your stand up away from you. I'm like, yes, but I want to make TV shows like that's the thing that I wanted to do my whole life. Like I was obsessed with that. And that was really like what I was wanted to do. I want to make my version of fucking Portlandia or South Park or right. America or, or whatever. Like I want to make my TV show, you know, or Seinfeld or whatever. I want that. I want to do my that. And I think it's kind of I've accepted that maybe I have to like uh, change my brain that that it's not what it used to be. And there's different world right now. But so it is like that was sort of dangling over me. It's like, you know, if you don't, they, they can take that away. And you're like, well, once you accept that you don't need it, then you are in a different position. And, and sort of a way that this whole situation, the COVID thing was a blessing in disguise for you in a, in a sense, because it, it opened up your, like I said, gave you the time and, and the resource and the, um, the material to kind of showcase a whole different side of what, of what you can do. And, yeah. Uh, and I was here and it was, there was definitely that, but, and also I did have the four months that I was here that everyone knew who I was and all the comedy clubs and I made friends. So it's like, I had enough of a base because of that. And even like on the internet, like all these people with big followings, like know who I am. So it's not just like some guy in Canada. It's like, it sounds like a little thing, but even the fact that I'm like, people are like oh this like new york comic i've seen him on this podcast and that like the people contextualized part of that like made people take me seriously which is the difference between like them being like oh this guy's my favorite comedian or like oh i kind of like this comic in canada like right, it, right. It, yeah, yeah. I, I know it's just like optics but like i've seen like firsthand the difference that makes so at least i had my four months to sort of weasel my way into your fucking club system <laughs> before they forced me into my my video making cave <laughs> I don't know if you guys know this, but there is actually 72 genders now, which means that men are better than 71 genders. Boys, boys, boys! Get right out. Carry it away. Well, dude, you're awesome, man. You're hilarious. Um, <laughs> yeah, thanks for having everyone me. Everyone should check you out on YouTube and everywhere else uh, and follow you on you're on Twitter. You're everywhere. Ryan Long. Yeah, everything is The Boys Cast with Ryan Long is my podcast, patreon.com slash The Boys Cast, too. And then uh, every video comes out, youtube.com slash Ryan Long Comedy, and all my socials are at Ryan Long. Oh, sorry. All my socials are at Ryan Long Comedy. I don't know why I said that. Ryan Long Comedy. <laughs> Excellent, man. Yeah. Well, Ryan, thanks again for taking the time to talk to us. I know you're extremely busy, probably working on your next sketch right now or your next writing thing, and we're holding you up. So <laughs> thanks, <dude. laughs> appreciate it, man. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. And yeah, that would be awesome. And this uh, maybe in the next little bit, we can organize me to get down there. Dude, you got to come to Governors. Long Island needs to needs to see you live, man. It'd be awesome. Hell yeah, yeah, that'd be <laughs> awesome. I've never even been there. That's where Seinfeld's from, right? Yeah, yeah. This yeah. Seinfeld's from uh, Massapequa. It's right across the way from where our club is. This is one of the clubs he started at. Ray Romano also. Um, nice. A lot of them. Eddie Murphy. Uh, oh, cool. you know, yeah, Long Island's like, what's up? No, I've definitely heard of like the name a lot of times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. kind so. of like a legacy sort of uh brand, right? Yes, yeah, it's the biggest uh comedy club on Long Island, right? You know, 
Very so, cool. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, thanks again, okay. Ryan. You rock, my hey. friend. Thanks, buddy. Talk to you soon. Take care, man. Hey, this is uh, the great Goonin saying you're watching Put Up, Shut Up, and Stand Up with Don Sill on Cubs Radio. Yeah!